Hey everyone, it's your girl Brittany here and welcome to another Brit Positive Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you guys are doing well out there. To keep up with us here, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and you can listen to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and Anchor. Now, if you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple, or Anchor, then you can click that follow button to join the Brit Positive Fam Bam and download this podcast so you can listen to it on the go. All the links are down below so you can join in spreading the positivity with us. Now for our Brit Positive quote of the day. Winners are not people who never fail, but people who never quit. I thought this would encourage you guys to just keep going towards that dream, towards that goal of yours, and never quit because you will reach it. Now, thank you guys for again tuning in. And this special episode, I have a special guest with me. His name is Christian. I'm so excited to have him on the show. We're going to have a great discussion regarding how to go about in purchasing a home and certain questions for us young people who still be living at home with our loved ones. And that's okay. But I do feel that we can all agree one day we do want to move out. And I don't know about you guys, but I've never got much information other than my parents on how to go about that so of course i go to the expert himself christian so please give him such a warm welcome hi Brittany. i'm so happy to be a part of the show i literally fell on your instagram a year ago and watched a few episodes and just fell in love with everything you shared and now that i'm on it it's such a full circle moment so thank you for having me oh my gosh thank you for coming so before we really get into it, as re- people already know what the topic is going to be about, we are adulting people in this world right now, and a few of us have not a lot of information regarding purchasing a home. And I I found that Christian was the guy to do this with me. And so Christian, please tell the people, what do you do for a living? Let them get to know you a bit. Yes. So I am a full-time sales representative. So in other words, I'm a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working with the Tyler McClay Realty Group at Royal LePager Community. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty much I spend all day long helping clients find homes. I help clients sell their homes. And the remainder of my time is spent with a lot of, like you said, those that are adulting and just trying to find their path in terms of their real estate journey. And that's what I spend a lot of my time doing with um those that are adulting and, and starting their journey because as you know it's, it's definitely a very long process especially for those that are just getting into it so yeah that is what I do full-time wow oh my gosh so you must be like busy 24 7 I would say like 22 7 but yeah like 24 7 it's it's non-stop but when you love it and you have a genuine passion for the business and for the people it, it doesn't feel like work so I don't really like to refer to it as work but technically yes it is my line of work that that's a dream of mine to just be in a job that of course is like a serious profession but like it doesn't even feel like a job it's just a lifestyle and that's like the vibe I get from you where you're working 24 7 but it's not even like you're working and you're like oh I'm off the clock you're kind of just like living life doing this on the side like it just feels like it is you and and you're good at it I appreciate that no thank you and 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 it's it's truly something I mean like I I don't know who told me this, but a long time ago, there was like a leader or coach of mine who said, our purpose here on earth is to serve others in any capacity. And um, when I fell into real estate and I got my license, I realized quite quickly that that's my entire job is to serve others. And so when I really 
tune into that and I remind myself like why I get up every morning and why I'm with every client. It's to essentially just to serve them because what are you doing if you're not serving others in any capacity? So for me, that's I think where my big purpose is, comes from. I love that. I really love that because I'm similar in that way. I, I never enjoy a lot of work if I don't if I'm not able to interact with people and more so help people, if I'm not doing any of those things, I don't want the job. hundred <laughs> percent. It's like, you don't, especially from what I've gotten to know from you is you are a people person and you love to interact and have conversations. And so considering, you know, you're a podcast host, so very fitting. Yeah. But, um, yes. So I think that from, you know, if you, if you don't have a job that is surrounded with a ton of people and you don't have that, human to human connection of course if you are an extrovert and you are a people person then it is it is hard to to stick it out it's true um it's interesting you mentioned the extrovert thing because i may seem like i'm an extrovert with this podcast but i'm pretty much an introvert i love my alone time in the sense of like i get charged up when i'm alone um but when i'm around people i and then i go home i'm like so exhausted because it was just so much so much energy from so many different people. And I never used to be like that, but hey, I guess it's growth. I don't know. <laughs> That's so funny. I also saw, I think it was on TikTok and it was like, are you an introverted extrovert or are you an extroverted introvert? And I thought that was so funny because I'm like, wait, maybe I'm one of these and I'm not actually an extrovert. So like, maybe you're just like an introverted extrovert. Ooh, okay. That makes so much sense because that sounds like me where I have like, because some close friends of mine are like, oh, Brittany, you're such an extrovert. I'm like, no, that's just because like, it's like a one-on-one -on -one interaction. But if it's like a group of people, I'm, I'm different. I don't know. It's just, it comes in and out. I'm not like a steady, consistent person when it comes to my behavior. It really depends who's around me. But more so, I do feel that I am good alone. I don't know. But anyway, um, that was an awesome fun fact that you gave me. So that's something I'm going to be thinking about for a minute. So to move forward, I would like to ask you, um, how can young adults out there pick a good real estate agent? You know, like what is something they should look for? Because I've heard some horror stories and it's just, it can be discouraging for, you know, a young adult. It can even be intimidating because too, a lot of us don't know much and do not even know how to like, ask, what the what's the questions for us to ask, you know? And yes, God bless that we may have some loved ones out there who will help navigate that. But for those who don't, you know, what what are certain things they should look for when it comes to picking a good real estate agent? Please let the people know. And I'm ready to let the people know. Brittany, I love this question. And what I will say is before I get into what they should look for, I will echo what you said about the horror stories because I myself as a realtor also hears so many horror stories and it's unfortunate. Mm. It's it's sad because people are taking advantage of it in this industry. The process to get your license isn't very difficult. And so you have such a saturated industry where the level of professionality is so wide um, because you really get all walks of life. And that's not to put other realtors down. No, absolutely. It's just to echo as to what you say, because it's true. Everyone has friends or family that has experienced horror stories with realtors because of the lack of professionality in the industry. And so 
as a young realtor that works full time, I came from a business background and my entire team takes this role with such seriousness. Like every day we wake up, we understand that we are carrying people's livelihoods on our back. And so with that, I, I, I feel bad too. I want to just echo that. It's, it's heartbreaking. I've actually had to deal with some situations yeah. where I had to help people that have been a part of that, but to get into to answer your question, I don't want to get too sidetracked here. The main things that I think that people should look for when choosing a real estate agent, I think the first and the most important thing would be, are they knowledgeable and are they educated? Mm. And what I mean by that is, especially those listeners that are in Toronto or GTA, it's a very dynamic market and there's always so many moving parts, whether it's monetary policy, micro and macroeconomic factors, demographic changes, real estate politics and with all that the market's constantly changing and so mm-hmm. if the realtor isn't staying up to date with what's going on in all those regards how are they going to be able to educate their clients and so you mm. the people can tell whether a realtor is educated or knowledgeable just either through their social medias their website and of course by having their introduction okay feel free to stalk as much as you want and <laughs> doing that the same way yeah. you know you would stalk maybe someone you want to go on a date with it's the same thing as a realtor like check their instagram check their linkedin see what they're all about and see what they offer in terms of their their knowledge and expertise um and then two more things i would say to look for in a realtor the second one would be um can they give you a valuable experience so when i say a valuable experience we have so many shows and so many stereotypes when it comes to realtors like Selling Sunset where realtors are showing up and looking pretty and opening up some doors and don't get me wrong I, <laughs> I'm guilty of watching that show myself but that's not what makes a realtor a good realtor and so when I speak on value and experience every client deserves a very um, great experience from start to finish from the moment you first meet them to the moment that you get the keys and even after that, they deserve to have a really good experience. And if anything does, unfortunately, happen that's negative, it's the realtor's job to fix um, the fix the problem or find a solution to the best of their ability because that's what we're paid to do. We're not paid just to open doors and turn on lights. We're paid to make sure that we find the best suited assets or if last minute the mortgage gets pulled, we have three backup mortgage brokers that can help you and we're making sure that every step along the way is super seamless and we're also reinsuring you and providing you value through that, through education, through opportunities and all that. So that's my second point. And then my last point is this is just very simple and I think that most people tend to overlook this one but find a realtor that you generally like like someone that Mm. you can relate to someone that's personable someone that if you saw their Instagram story you would laugh or interact with just someone who's genuinely connected to you and someone that genuinely cares because then you'll have no problem maintaining your relationship with them and you can build trust from the start because that's the number one key to any good relationship and Obviously, for the young adults out there in a world where there's so much going on, I would say just, you know, lower the noise and just generally get to know some a few realtors and see which one you best connect with and which one you feel most is genuine in your eyes or maybe that you have the most interest with or whatever it is that you look for. But that would be my last point. I love that. I really love that because it, it's interesting that for me, when I was looking into the whole realtor thing, like I'll give you a perspective of like someone who doesn't, who, who would be like the person shopping for one, I think I would have never known to 
make sure it's someone I like because you know how people are like business is business and whatever like that kind of attitude I I would just kind of go based off of like the fact that they're in a company and you know this is their job and you just want them to do their job but like at the same time it is good that you mentioned that you you someone you actually want to like like because then you feel they have their best they have your best interest and um i i never knew that um and it's actually good to know because i i like to work with people who i feel care about me as i would care about them and yes like i know at the end of the day everyone's trying to get paid okay i get that but it's good to know like there's some good people out there who genuinely genuinely want you to find a good home so i i i love that that just just keep an eye out for that and of course false credentials as well like you know make sure that they know what they're doing because then there's no way you want to work with someone who's like i i really don't know <laughs> like you don't want that kind of vibe that's exactly it you don't you just don't want to deal with someone who doesn't even know what they're doing in their own profession right and at the end of the day it's such a large asset especially for you these listeners who are young adults out there it's your first real big purchase and so it's almost like it's like a baby and when you hold the baby you want to make sure its neck is supported and that it's like you know not in any danger and it's the same thing with new buyers or new clients like the realtor's job is to make sure that they are taken care of that they're handled with delicacy and that from start to finish they Mm -hmm. feel comfortable and that's what the last point kind of really emphasizes like as much as it's great to have a professional and as much as it's important to have you know experience in the industry the most important thing too especially when it comes to buying a house that you're going to live in there's a huge emotional aspect to it so if your agent can't relate to you and serve your best interest then i i don't think it'd be a good fit i get that because too when you think of it and for you young adults out there it's when you are looking for a place, no matter how long you're staying in there, whether it's for a year, a couple more or so, it is important that um, you work with someone who genuinely has your best interest in you finding a home that you're comfortable in. Because, you know, I think us there's this whole peer pressure of like, hey, you better buy it or it's going to be sold and this and that. And it's like that can kind of scare a lot of the young adults, especially those who are struggling with anxiety and depression nowadays. It's just like, it's good to find someone who also will take in that, like certain things, just the little things of making you feel relaxed and letting, and giving you like that time, that that time of like, hey, take your time, you know, this is a big decision, things like that. It's really good to find a real estate agent who's understanding, so I love that. That was, that was really good. Um, Going into this as well, for those who may be wanting to be purchasing a home, there's this whole thing about mortgages and who you should go to regarding a mortgage. And just the, the word mortgage scares a lot of us, Christian. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not something people take lightly. <laughs> it's not something that anyone should take lightly either. It's, it's the biggest loan you'll probably ever have. I mean, I hope. But... Um, it is daunting to know that you're taking on a loan that's hundreds of thousands, sometimes million, and you have to make sure that you make every payment on time every month. So I, I, I hear and I feel for all those that are that are in that position. Right. I think what I find interesting about it too is when when my when I was doing my research, I I, I found out that it's actually pretty important for some people to look at different mortgages plans and and compare them and um i just wanted you to elaborate why that would be important for people to do because 
you know, I, I never knew that. I never knew. I mean, you would just think to go to the, the one bank you're probably with and just do a mortgage with them. But why is it important for people to, you know, keep the search going a little bit just to make sure they found a good one? Enjoy listening to podcasts and ever wonder, can I make a podcast? But it seems so complicated and good audio production can take time. What if there was a way to create an amazing podcast easily? Well, now there is. Introducing Podcasting Made Easy from Podtastic Audio. My production team will handle your entire audio production, allowing you to be the star of your show. This is Podcasting Made Easy. How easy? Well, so easy, you don't even have to press record. Now that's easy. Your listeners are waiting. Let's deliver. Sign up for a free strategy call today at podtasticaudio.com slash easy. Depending on your circumstances and your job and where your money's coming from, whether that's employment income or investment income, different lenders will have different mortgage products that best suit you. And so I always recommend either to shop around or to find, and this is actually something I tell every single one of my clients. I say, here's a few mortgage brokers if you want to give them each a call, see which one you know you like the best, see which one has the most amount of lenders or opportunities, and check them out, give them your application, and see what they can offer you. Um, there's some pretty great mortgage brokers out in the city that have access to over 60 or 80 lenders, including banks, including um, B lenders. And so sometimes people think, you know, the bank is the safest option, which it is. In theory, yes, it is a great option, but it also may be the most limited option as well, especially for those that are hearing this podcast that are self-employed or entrepreneurs. It's not always the best option. So it's great to shop around so that you can find not only the best rate, because you'd be surprised how much the rate can fluctuate based on the lending requirements and your application, and also to how much you may get pre-approved more for. So I've actually had clients who get pre-approved more, for example, at TD than they do at Scotia. Mm. And that little extra bit can really push them into a different asset class. And so I, to give you guys a very short example, I have a client right now who got approved at a different bank and the extra 20 or 30,000 I think he got, we're now able to move our location and we're now starting to consider like the downtown area, which was like his dream area. Aw, that's wonderful. Yeah, it's really nice. It's really nice. So I definitely recommend all the listeners to shop around do your research, take the time. And once you make a whole list of all your different options, you just choose the best one that makes sense for you. I love that. Um, so of course, being a real estate agent, um, as we already know, we got to ask questions and we got to understand what we're buying and of course the selling process. Um, so it's just, it all comes down to helping us make a good decision for ourselves. Um, what I would like to know kind of like what is something you can suggest for people to look for or questions they should ask um, regarding the buying process and the selling process because um, it all comes together at the end of the day it all leads to you eventually getting your own place Um, what does that what is something you can let the young adults know that they may not know in in going towards this so The first thing I would start off by saying, whether you're a buyer or a seller, is be absolutely relentless with your questions. And if that means having to sit down and brainstorm your questions before you meet with your realtor, if you have to use Google or YouTube, just whatever you need to just feel comfortable, that's my first point to make. The second thing I would like to say is ask 
a realtor genuine questions about their experience in certain markets, about their brokerage's experience in certain markets and certain um, property types. And then also the third thing to look for is I find a lot of buyers specifically, especially the young adults, don't realize the options that are out there for them. Yeah. Yeah. To think, you know, based on what they know, which is unfortunate because we don't learn these things in school. A lot of you listeners can relate that we don't learn personal finances and real estate. And so use the realtor as your resource, the same way you would use your teacher in a classroom as your resource to ask as many questions as possible. Mm. To take it one step further, um, I wanted to touch upon for every millennial and Gen Z listening, because I feel like a lot of you guys are millennials and Gen Z. Oh, yeah. <laughs> two things, I, yeah, I feel like a ton of you guys are all all in that bracket. We, we, we are all youngins over here. So I think because of that, I want to point out two main points about what you guys should look for when starting your real estate journey. And this is very generic, but I think it'll help a lot of those that are entertaining the idea of buying their first property. The first one would be, which entry-level asset are you going to purchase? And the second would be, is pre-con right for me? Okay. So this is the biggest question I always get from every single first-time home buyer, every millennial. They say, I hear all this stuff about pre-construction. I hear, you know, a lot of information about the resale market. Like, what should I buy? And so my biggest advice to every single one of you, what you should look for is you guys should look for property types that are generic and easy to purchase when I say easy meaning you're not breaking the bank to purchase them you're not stretching yourself too much to purchase them mm-hmm. and so we say it's better to buy you know an entry-level property such as a basic condo or like a townhome maybe not in the most desirable or attractive location but it still checks off your checklist so that you can start putting money away you have four savings and you're not too caught up in the bells and whistles that real estate offers because especially at a young age you see everything on tv and instagram and you want all that but i always say use your first purchase as a stepping stone and then the second thing about pre-con and this is something i always say people should look for is consider the different options you know when buying a property maybe pre-con is an option so look for an agent that has expertise in pre-con because i find a lot of buyers and millennials don't realize that pre-con is an option and mm. maybe pre-con is the only option based on their current circumstances. So find a realtor and look for a realtor that has access to that pre-con. And before I finish, cause I know this is a long answer. <laughs> no, answer, take your time. I really want to stress to everyone is you have to move where the money moves. And that's my favorite line. I like to tell my buyers. So anytime you see the government investing heavily into areas or neighborhoods, I always recommend for those young buyers and millennials who can have that flexibility to maybe, you know, not be in the best location or maybe not be the most ideal location. So, for example, if you want to live in Toronto, but you just can't afford it, maybe find an area outside Toronto where there's a ton of development, where the government is investing a ton of money into transit so that you you know that you're buying a part of a neighborhood that is going to grow with you so that you feel like you're parking your money in a safe asset so that when the time comes to, you know, move up and use that as a stepping stone, you've done so in a way that's benefited you. Oh, I love that. Um, Could you explain to those who may not know what a pre-con is, just in case they're listening, they're like, what's that? And then, of course, the other one you said that just to specify what those two are, um, just so they can put it all together. I love that. And I, and I definitely should have began with that. So my apologies to all the listeners, but to specify for you guys, 
Pre-con is short form for pre-construction. It's you are buying a unit before it's even built. So the developer announces a project, whether that's a condo project, townhome project, or a detached project, and they have all the fancy dancy pictures and the renderings and videos, and you can go to the sales center and get to know a little bit more about the project and you're essentially buying a unit or a floor plan before it's even built okay and without getting into too much detail the best thing about pre-construction is you are able to purchase a unit or a property without having to take on a mortgage until it's closed and you have quite a bit of time to pay your down payment whereas on the resale side so resale is when you are buying a property, whether that's a condo or town or detached, that has already been lived in or already been built. So you're buying it from an existing owner. And that's where you see all the for sale signs and all the listings online. That's all the resale side. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So there you have it, folks. As if you're wondering, he just answered that for you. Now, if you could, Christian, because you're just like I said before, and I'll say it again, the expert in this. And I just can I just say I love what you're saying. And it's just so educational. Like I'm learning things right now, you guys like I'm learning with you. Okay, we're in this together. So just don't feel as if you're alone in here. Like I'm here going, oh, my gosh, like got me thinking um, because I mean you know it's a part of life we all get to a point of our lives where we do leave the nest but I just I'd love to have a bit of a guideline I'm that kind of person that needs a little bit of a plan a guideline as to point A to point B and it also if you guys are in a position as well I just want to point this out if you're in a position where you feel like you're not financially there to be able to make these moves it's all a goal it's a goal and it's good to have a goal because it's something you're working towards. And of course, these are just tools and steps that you have along the way to help you get there. So thank you, Christian. Just have to say that. Thank you for being so willing and informative for the people here. Now, could you, if any way possible, um, like what is, you know, one or two or three steps that they should make in getting to purchase a home? And more so, if you can give two sides where, these are not already homeowners where they have a home and they're selling it. This is like someone who saved some money and they're like, what do I do now? <laughs> what do you do now? No, that's a fantastic question. And I am in the process of actually making an outline that I think I'm going to probably post on social media. So stay tuned for that. But oh my gosh, I'll tag you guys. I'll, you could send it to um, me and I'll post it on my thing. Like tag me and I'll like put it on my um, my insta story for the people to check absolutely, it out absolutely absolutely yeah. and it's honestly like a very simple outline but it's, if you follow it i can promise you you will be okay so the first one is and just to echo what Brittany has said in the last question is no matter what point you are at and even if you can't financially you know make ends meet yet or financially pull the trigger and get a property I still think you can start off with step one. And step one would be to meet with a trusted, reliable, professional realtor and ask them every question you can possibly imagine. Build a relationship with them. Grab a coffee. We live in 2023. We just came out of COVID. Yeah. Have some fun with it. <laughs> and use them as your resource. I've had clients who reach out to me well over like a year or a year and a half ago, and they're still not ready, but it's just, 
it's just being able to be a support system for them and also be a resource for them. So my first step would be to reach out to a realtor, even if it's 10 realtors, and just see which one you catch the vibe with first. And then you start your journey, whether that's two years out, one year out, three months out, one month out. I think a good realtor is not does not care about your timeline because at the end of the day, the relationship and their needs come first. So that's number one. Number two would be sit down with a mortgage broker or an advisor or at the bank or even with your parents and really make an outline as to everything that you have to get done in this one step. So obviously get your finances in order, get your tax receipts and your um, tax returns and uh, your income and Prepare everything so that when you do speak with a broker or advisor or anyone at the bank, you can give them all their information and you're able to find out what roughly you can afford. And with that, you have a base. And so if you can't afford something that, you know, you're looking for, then obviously it's a goal, like Brittany said, that you can set for yourself a savings goal. And one day you get there and you have enough for a down payment and you hopefully will have built enough credibility and you've been able to increase your pre-approval. Or maybe you do get the amount you like and you bring that amount back to your realtor. I also like to say, talk to your parents. If you guys have parents, use them as your resource. They've been through it. And so um, it's always nice to, to have their support as well. And then the third thing, which is super simple, is you meet with your realtor you explain everything you did with your mortgage broker, with your advisor, and you tell them the details about what you can afford because at the end of the day, unfortunately, real estate is limited based on price. So once we're able to figure out a budget, we then move into the fun stuff. And the third thing is sit down with your realtor and make a list with him about everything you need. And when I say need, it's non-negotiable. So you can't live without them. You just can't imagine your life without any of these things. And it's just not up for negotiation. And then a list of all your wants. And your wants are things that you know deep down in your heart. You don't necessarily need them. You want them, but you can live without them. And maybe you'll have those things at your next property when you decide to move up. But for now, it's something that is just a want. And you outline those two things. And with your realtor, you make a timeline. And you just start to see properties together that's some really good advice and i hope it encourages you guys out there just hearing that just like these are just a couple of things you can do to start off um i love the fact that it's okay to ask questions i think that's what gets a little bit of people out there to well you know young adults to feel hesitant because they have so many questions and they don't know like who to ask or where to go to really seek this and i know we have the internet but still some of us maybe need that one-on-one conversation like you said and it's just that's just good for people to keep in mind of um just so that that is a nice way to start the process is like going back to school and just asking these questions which can i just bring up how it's so disappointing that school hasn't taught us anything like this (laughs) i know we've said this now i think what twice but like let's say it a third time because it's just so upsetting yeah it's it's annoying to me because i mean I'm not saying school is a waste of time, but like a a lot of things I'm doing now in my adult life, I'm like, I don't think it prepared me for half of what I'm going through. It just, I don't know. It's just, hey, I'm not saying people shouldn't go to school. I love school, but I'm just saying that some of these things that we're learning now, they need to find a way to add that to the curriculum. Like, it's just not okay. It's really not okay. And if I could do something to advocate for the 
introduction of these topics in our education system, I definitely would. But unfortunately, I'm a little powerless on that end. So um, hopefully all the listeners out there, the next generation can do something about it. And our future kids can hopefully have, you know, public education where they can learn about these things. And pro- professionals can actually go in and, and, and do presentations on it, especially for high school students, so that 10 years they, they, they know what to do. Of course, of course. Um, And just a bit of more insight on you, um, and this is if you want to or not, but what was the process for you for a first-time buyer, you know, of moving out and getting your own place? Like, more so, not just, like, what you did, but just, like, what were you feeling as a young buyer? Like, was it exciting or were you just like oh my gosh I know nothing or were you basically a real estate agent and then you were like oh I know what to do (laughs) I was basically a real estate agent and then I said I know what to do so I will be (laughs) honest with that but what I will say is I took time with it I think it's nothing that should be rushed I always set time aside throughout the week to consider my options unfortunately I didn't have a realtor with me to discuss those options so I relied on myself obviously which was okay because I'm a realtor of course but for you guys sit down with the options think about them and you know explain the pros and cons to them as to what you're feeling and then in terms of my emotions about it I think it's always going to be so extremely overwhelming Mm. and it's like if any of those people who've ever cliffed a cliff jump before or been on a high dive board or anyone who has done any sort of similar activities basically what i'm trying to get at is as a kid i remember like being on the high diving board and not wanting to jump off but like i knew i was fine i knew i had the reassurance i i learned how to swim Mm -hmm. but i didn't want to make that jump and so it's the same thing with real estate it's the realtor is like your lifeguard and he spends however long with you to prep you for that time and so it's always going to feel frightening to make that big jump and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's not going to be happy-go-lucky until maybe you get the keys, but I will say it is very fulfilling and rewarding once you do because you you did it. It's like when you jump it and you, you land in the deep end and you swim back up, that first breath you take when you're out of the water is like that sign of relief, like, I did it, and it was great, and it was exhilarating. So that would be my, my take on it. Oh, I, I love the di- diving board example you gave. It really does you know, bring it all together. Like that's kind of how life is in general too. Like a lot of us are sometimes pushed to the edge and we're just like, should I jump? Should I not jump? And, you know, we, we, I I like at least in this aspect of it for those who want to, you know, purchase a home, just, you know, surround yourself with good people and people who, who want the best for you. And of course, looks out for you, like the lifeguard, AKA the real estate agent. So this is why there's a bit of like, there's such an actual importance to real estate agents in their job. Like they actually shouldn't take it lightly because I think if there was more of real estate agents like you, Christian, I feel that that would definitely help a lot of young adults out there to be able to take the plunge with a little bit more ease in in taking that step of getting their own home. But, you know, at least there i believe just by speaking with you there are good ones out there you just got to look for them you just got to look for them absolutely and and i and i agree with everything you just said well thank you um 
lastly, how do you how do you handle negotiations and ensure the individual's best interests are protected? Like how what is something that you do to kind of or not just what you do, but you would also suggest to other people to kind of look for when the negotiation and um, things are going up with like signing and stuff. How do you get your clients to relax and trust you in a sense? Not not just because it's business, but just like you said, it's about, you know, connecting. And it's also about it's also about like, you know, the development of trust. But of course, there's of course, let's say you're dealing with a client who had such bad experience that they ha- are struggling to to trust you and, you know, um, g- feel assured that you are are on their side and making sure you're not screwing them over with a bad p- purchase or anything. So how do you work your way with that as a real estate agent in your experience? The way I work around it, and it's going to be quite cliche, but it's just because I generally give a damn and... I care so much about each of my clients. So when I'm in that position or I'm in the middle of a negotiation, I like sometimes will close my eyes and I would imagine myself in my buyer's or my seller's shoes. Like I really would imagine what it would feel like, what they're going through, questions that are going through their mind. And I live through that when I begin the negotiation on both sides, on both the opposing sides so that I can fight for their best interest. But on the other side as well, understanding where they're coming from and knowing their limits and not pushing their limits either. And so just to give you a little bit of background, I have a style that's different with every client because I know we establish different dynamics. So for a lot of my buyers, what I typically do is when we were to go into a negotiation in a market like ours, which is very dynamic for those listeners in Toronto and GTA, I will always set a limit saying, I know what we're going to offer on, like if they tell me an offer number, but what is our absolute limit? If you tell me, for example, Christian, my absolute limit is 500 and I'm not going past this number no matter what, mm-hmm. I won't allow that to happen. And I'll try to make sure that it doesn't happen so that the client doesn't feel overwhelmed when it gets to that point. Cause then at that point we just turn away we walk away and we try again somewhere else. So I always like to say that piece, especially for my first time buyers, because that tends to be the most overwhelming part. But then in terms of the actual negotiation, I do a ton of work every time I do the negotiation with supporting evidence. So I find statistics, I find previous properties that were sold that are similar, and I build an entire case through a qualitative and a quantitative analysis via email and on the phone which a lot of realtors don't do. They just submit the offer and just wait for an answer. Whereas I'm building a whole case before they even read the offer so that I can almost help the other party understand where my client is coming from with their number. Of course, there always will be a discrepancy no matter what it's real estate, but it's helping my clients feel comfortable enough to close the gap. And if they're not willing to close the gap, then just choosing to walk away because at the end of the day, there's always going to be a gap on the resale side when you're negotiating. It's just a matter of where you're at and, and, and how willing they are. And so I just constantly give them value. I constantly reassure them. I constantly give them a bunch of options after every step of the negotiation so Mm -hmm. that they don't feel helpless. And the last option is always you can walk away. And I remind them like, you don't have to buy this. Um, If you really love it, then this is something to consider. But if you don't, then you can always walk away. And so having all those options laid out every step of the way, no matter what part of the negotiation you're at, I think definitely is is 
served me very well and my clients very well. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I like that. Um, letting the client feel as if they have a choice is a is a good tactic too because at the end of the day they do. And they but do. but it's like I guess because they're so far in that they're like, Can I back out? I don't know, you know? So it's it, so it's good to just um reassure them that it's like hey you you really don't have to do this like i i like that your tactic is just like let them do it if they feel like it's right you know um and i like i i like to feel like in my life that's kind of how i make certain choices is just like if it feels right then i'm i'm gonna just go for it and and not regret it because it's like the indecisiveness is not there it's just like that's my decision we'll we'll deal with whatever comes afterwards but um you know but it also comes down to it feeling like you know you have people in your corner and like you know you've asked as many questions as you like you took the time to really make sure you looked at your options and things like that before you made a decision and all of those things I believe play in that big decision in the negotiation but of course like you said I love how it's like if they can set a price with you and you're and you're in agreement and you're not going to bend for them like you're not going to be like oh maybe you should go higher like you're like that's your limit okay that's what we're gonna do like that is good too because it's giving them what they want it's making them feel secure with their their funds as well and and not feel as if they're bending or stretching if they have to just to get a specific place it's like you're you're just you're giving the sense to me as like if i was a customer like whatever it is like i'll get it it'll take time but i just gotta stick with my plan or if i feel like i can up the money i can if i want to but it's like like you know you're letting me hold the controls a bit and there's some real estate agents who don't have that kind of tactic with some people why i say there's been some horror stories but you know guys this is also just another thing to let you guys know out there like there is hope there's hope to run into a really good one and the ones who truly have your best interest so so keep that in mind while you're out there doing your thing now christian thank you so much for coming on the show you are amazing and i hope you come back soon to give us more tips on adulting i'll have to find another thing for us to talk about because i feel like you have the adulting thing in the bag like it's just it's just you 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 just figured it out and i'm like oh, i need to learn from him more <laughs> you're so funny no no i think we're all just trying to figure it out and Trust me, I'm just like all you listeners. I've been in your shoes. I may still be in some of your shoes. So it's it's all part of life. And I don't think any of us will ever fully figure it out. It's just having a network in a community like this where you can rely on others to, to help you along the way. And so with that, I also want to thank you so, 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 so much, Brittany. Thank you. Aww. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to be on the show. And I'm excited for all the listeners to uh, tune into this episode. Aw, you're amazing. Thank you again. Thanks, guys, for listening. Have a great, wonderful, positive week. Bye.